0: If you're in here, you're interested in authors, is that right? We have currently two panelists, Heather Mears, which you probably know from Newsline, and we have, which one? We have Abby. Abby Gomes on Zoom. Abby, are you there?
1: Yes, it's oh, Abby, Abby Taylor. Actually, Abby I think we confused okay. with Sherry Gomez. <laughs> yes,
0: hey, thank you, Sherry. Okay, Abby. Abby. <laughs> yeah, I know that Abby. You're going to have to speak up because I'm going to always keep forgetting that you're over in the over in the corner here somewhere. Okay, okay? Uh, Abby. What, what, the first question is just why don't you just share who you are and uh, what kind of writing you do? What what sort of works do you do?
1: I'm Abby Johnson-Taylor, that's my author name, and I write fiction, uh, poetry, and creative nonfiction. I've published three novels, two poetry collections, and a memoir. My work has appeared in the Weekly Avocet and the Writer's Grapevine. And I live in Sheridan, Wyoming, where for six years, I cared for my late husband after he suffered uh, two strokes that paralyzed his left
2: side. And I wrote a memoir about that. So that's me.
0: Great. Thank you, Abby. So uh, Heather?
2: I'm Heather Mears. And a lot of you may know me as your Newsline content editor and columnist. Um, I thank you. Um, I do a lot of the same type of writing that Abby does. I do a lot of creative writing, poetry, essays, articles, some memoirs. Um, I, on the other hand, am a newly published first time published author. uh, Last year came out in an anthology that was called Artificial Divide. It was written specifically for blind or visually impaired authors with blind or visually impaired Characters. So it was a really cool anthology. And my uh story was called Night Pixie. It was the first one in the collection. So um yeah.
0: And again, uh, if I like to do it if you if you guys are, have any questions as we're going along, just shout your name out and we'll grab get a mic to you, as opposed to waiting till the end of something. This is a conversation, it's not a presentation, it's a conversation. Okay, <laughs> so uh Abby, uh, why don't you talk to us about your process in terms of how you start that first paragraph or the last paragraph or wherever you start your process?
1: Well, my writing can be inspired by a lot of things, uh, news stories, events in my life. Um, And I do a lot of writing with prompts now. And so. And I try when I start something I write, I try to think of a sentence that's going to hook the reader into what I write. And often then I have to go back and revise the beginning of the piece because it doesn't seem like it's going to hook somebody. So, you know, and it's always and whatever I write is never really written in stone until it's published. Uh, And then even then sometimes I I go through and I think, well, you know, I could have written it that way. And so if I resubmit something for publication again, I'll revise it again. So that's basically my writing process.
0: Heather, how about you?
2: Um, I think mine's different every time. Sometimes it's literally a word that I will think about and think, oh wow, I need to to develop a character around that thought. Or it might be um, a feeling or a dream. Sometimes it's a dream. Um, it's different every time.
0: Heather, so in terms of your writing, uh, you have a tendency to be very uh, descriptive. You have you're, you're, when you read something that you write, you really are painting a picture. Are you doing that intentionally?
2: Absolutely. I was cited for a majority of my life. So I did have a lot of visual input that has stayed in my brain. Um, but now I definitely base things on, you know, feelings and, and touch and smell. And I think about every possible thing I could describe sensory wise, because I like to paint that picture.
0: Abby, when, when you're writing, um, uh... Do you how do you see it? Do you use a are you painting pictures or are you, are you developing uh, characters through characteristics or uh, emotional things? I mean, what's your your kind of way of developing a story that really grabs the reader?
1: Well, I do a little bit of both. I try to paint pictures with words and I try to create Realistic characters. So say maybe I've got a character who, you know, may not be well educated. So he may not speak very good English. And so I'll have, you know, I will have some grammar mistakes in what that character says to portray him realistically. But then in my narrative, you know, I try to be more poetic per se, you know, and, and if I'm, t- if I'm telling a story, say from third person, then I will try to use more, creative words to depict, uh, to paint the picture, the scene, that kind of thing.
0: Heather, as you're writing, do you visualize the reader?
2: I don't think so, because I think that would almost be impossible. I I think that you never know who's going to be reading what you write. Uh, It it would be such a wide spectrum. Um, And I think that when you write something, different parts of that will appeal to different readers
0: and then abby i know you you write quite a diversity of genre it sounds like and so are you picturing the readers of that genre as you develop those compositions
1: i have i don't really picture them personally but i do have an idea of what uh what 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 type of audience what i'm the book will appeal to. And of course, that can change. Uh, like, for example, my latest novel that came out last year, Why Grandma Doesn't Know Me. I thought it that it would p- appeal to younger readers, teenagers and maybe some older readers. But I actually had a few, uh, you know, even much older senior citizens tell me how much they enjoyed reading the book. So you can certainly figure out what kind of audience your work is going to reach but then don't be surprised if that changes.
0: What do you do when you get writer's block when you just you're halfway in and it just stops?
1: Do you want me to answer that one or are you asking Heather? Abby, go ahead. Yeah. Okay. All right. Well, I will you know it depends. I sometimes most of the time if I feel like I just I don't know what to do with a piece, I'll put it aside, work on something else and then come back to it. Uh I once had a novel that I started that I kind of got into it and I was kind of I'd painted myself into a corner. And so I put it aside and then I came back and thought, you know what, this would work better as a short story. And so that, that's, that's what I did. And, and sometimes you have to do that. And then I've had short stories that have actually metastasized. Well, I don't want to say that word. Let's try it. has been morphed into bigger, uh, into, into longer works. So it can work either way. And
0: Heather, how, how about you as your, um, Writing oh, yes. and stuff because I w- I'm assuming that as all artists because you're verbal artists right is that that there there are times when it's just like it it is taking care of itself it is just the it's there it's you're in the zone so to speak yes and that you get to the somewhere and all of a sudden it's like where am I does that ever occur
2: absolutely um. A lot of times I was talking to somebody over lunch about this, actually, I will start with what I think something is going to be. And through the process, it will turn out completely different than what I had originally envisioned, but way better. Uh, because you have to allow yourself to be in the right place, like mentally, emotionally, you know, like I might set an hour aside to write and I get so many interruptions. It's just not even worth it. But then I might be laying there at midnight and totally inspired and I could write for three hours straight and it'll be perfect. Um, so, yeah, I think I think you just have to really pay attention to your creative instincts and let them happen.
0: And a follow up. So have you ever written something, got to the end and then just sort it away?
2: Yes. Okay. <laughs> We don't
0: talk about those. Oh, okay. <laughs> just
2: to interrupt really quickly, one of your other panelists, Wendy,
3: uh, just joined. Uh,
0: Wendy, we are uh, going through a number of questions. Uh, uh, so we kind of started. And I can just uh, why don't you introduce yourself? Tell us what kind of work that you write uh, so we get an idea of the genre and your focus in writing.
3: So my name is Wendy David. Um, I'm a licensed psychologist. Uh, clinical psychologist. I live in Seattle, totally blind. And um, the the books that the two books that I've written um, have both been written as educational kind of self-help pieces based on both personal experience as a blind woman and traveler and person seeking to stay safe in very uh, varied Um, venues, as well as, um, you know, answers to a lot of questions that I had been getting from many, many people when they heard about some of my other work. And then they also the second book when they heard about my travels. um, I was giving a lot of talks and a lot of presentations. And I thought, you know what, I think I'm just going to write it all up. And it turned into a really um, I was very proud of it. It was uh, already 12 years old now and I I will tell you later how to get them because they're still available but not by the original source. but in looking back on that book plus my first book, which is now 24 years old, I can't believe it. What I'm really happy to say is that some of the incidentals of each of them have changed. You know, now we have cell phones we didn't then. Now we have a lot of identity theft, which I would have put in a safety book, which I didn't then and things like that. But the concepts of both books are still very solid. And I feel good when I reread them um, to know that I think there's still a lot of helpful information that people can glean from them. And that was my goal in writing them.
4: Cool.
0: Um, which brings up a question for me. And Sub, and Abby, um, you've written quite a bit, it sounds like, and uh, published several novels, etc. So uh, are you in a place where it is a business now for you?
1: Well, yeah, it, it, it is. Yeah, it, and it, But it's, it's not really my only source of income. And I don't really make a whole lot of money from it. But yes, it is a business, you know, writing and selling books. I'm doing it full time. Uh, I don't have any other occupation at the moment. So yes.
0: And are you self-publishing or using publishing companies? Have no, guys- I am it's
1: self-publishing. Uh, I have in the past, my last three books, I've used a wonderful outfit in Denver, Colorado called DLD Books. And mm-hmm. they actually format books for publishing on Amazon and um, uh, Smashwords and other sources. And they do all the editing, copy editing, anything you need them to do. They do it all. They do all the legwork. All you do is send in a manuscript and they work with you to get it put together the way you want it. And they're a great service. I highly recommend them.
0: And uh, Heather, uh, authors are generally, generally are creative. That's, I mean, it's the creative source, but oftentimes it's important that there be others that assist an author in things like editing or uh, another perspective to sort of add to the reader's understanding or something so do you feel inviting do you invite editors or folks like that to work with your author, your compositions or do you resent their input
2: no i think that editors are crucial that's actually one of the bullet points that i made for this presentation in my head is that you must find a good editor. Even if you are you think you're the best writer in the world, you need a good editor and you need to listen to them. It's not like you have to take their advice every time. I actually disagreed with the editor of my story from, from the publisher and he said, you know what, you're absolutely right. So I'm not saying you have to take it every time, but you absolutely need to listen and be open to what they're saying. You know, uh, also, I would recommend uh, running your pieces by friends, family, definitely uh, other authors, you know, get into writing groups, uh, talk about those things with other people in in the same business. Uh, There's lots of platforms. Um, So, yeah, you need to be open to lots of feedback and then you can trust your own instincts as far as what feedback you think you need to actually take. Awesome. Uh,
0: Wendy, um, are you uh, currently contemplating some uh, new writing, some new works? And if so, uh, what is your driver on those?
3: Yeah, I love that question because I want to write another book, but I just haven't uh, been seized yet with the right idea. To give me the passion and impetus to put into it what I know needs to be put into it. When I wrote the first book, Safe Without Sight, we, we wrote that book, three of, three of us, my two authors and I, and our editor, who was Diane Croft at National Braille Press. That book from start to finish went out in nine months. And we just knew what we wanted to say. And, and your past uh, question, was really interesting because when we were publishing, before we published that book, Diane brought a bunch of people in from National Braille Press and read each of the definitions of all the different self-defense moves and asked them, all the blind individuals, to do those moves. And she said, unless everybody did the exact same move the way it was supposed to be done, we're rewriting it. And that was really super helpful. so it's funny because I tend to go in 12 year spurts and I was noticing my first book was published in 98. My second book was published in in 2010. So this should have been my year of the book, right? But I moved this year and that took about all of my energy. But I'll tell you, if anyone has, I I do like to write educational things and I do like to solve issues and problems and help empower people. So if anyone has ideas for me, I'd love to hear them. I don't know that I will do it, but I would love to hear them.
0: Abby, I would ask you a strange question, but out of everything you've written, if you had to pick one and say, this is the one that reflects not only my talent, my skill, the fire, the drive, and the emotion.
1: What would it be? You know, I think it would probably be my latest book, Why Grandma Doesn't Know Me. Because, of course, every, I I seem, I think that I improve with every book that I've published because I, I learn, Mm -hmm. uh, I, I learn, I learn from, from what I have written, especially working with my editors at DLD Books. You know, I learn from what they have suggested I do. And so I, so right now, my latest book is, is the one. But then when I publish another book, then, It'll probably be the one, so it's going to change. But right now, why Grandma doesn't know me is I think my best book that doesn't mean they're not all good. I I recommend all books to anybody who is interested in that topic. But you know, I think right now that is the best
0: one, uh, Heather. So where do you want to go with your writing five years from now? What is it you want it to be doing for you, with you, or what do you what do you want it to do?
2: I would like to get a lot more things published. Honestly, Um, I this was actually my very first time I ever submitted anything to be published. And I don't know why I didn't do it before. I think uh, I just never really thought about it. So I was surprised when it got selected my first time out. I do know that you have to take a lot of no's before you get yeses sometimes. Um, but that is actually a challenge that I gave myself this year to uh, write more. And often I have not been that great at it because I've been so busy with Newsline and other things, um, but it is my goal. Um, it's what I love probably more than a lot of other things. I, I love a lot of my creative processes, but writing is definitely uh, from my core, Um and uh, I would like to expand what I write. I want to do a little bit more dark things uh, in the future. Not not only, but, you know, I, I think that that's an important thing. A lot of my writing, uh, because it's for a specific audience, is a little bit lighter weight and, dare I say, fluffy. Um, but uh, I would like to go a little bit darker. I, I've done some darker pieces in the past, and I think that those are very real and touch people as well.
0: And this is to uh, all uh, all three of you. So, in the writing and stuff, is this something you're digging into yourself to learn about who you are as you write? Yes, At, uh, Heather.
2: Yes, definitely. You know,
3: yeah, I, I I think so. I think so. Yes, yes. And Wendy? No, I'm not necessarily. I wanted to learn. I mean, I was writing about things that I felt I knew about that were really important to me that I wanted to share with others. I'm a
4: part-time reader driver for DSP at this point in in my retirement. But for most of my professional life, I was a newspaper reporter and an editor and then went into state government and professional communications. And, And I miss writing. And these days, this is sad to say, but I think my biggest outlet for writing is Facebook. You know, I will do maybe a three-sentence post and edit it 10 times before I'm satisfied with what it is. And um, that's pathetic, I know. I wonder if you guys have any tips on people who, like me, who would like an outlet for writing, whether it's, you know, a one-page thing or not a book, but just an outlet for writing. Heather, for example, how have you gone about searching out potential markets? Um, Or where do do you go? for potential publication?
2: That's a great question that happened to be in my notes as well. So I'm glad that you asked that. Um, So one of the first things I did was actually when I did live in Colorado, I worked at a bookstore. Um, I actually worked in a couple of bookstores for many years, but um, there was several people that I worked with who were really different types of writers and they established a WordPress group so we would all uh, submit different writing pieces to that uh, page. Um, unfortunately, it got lost somewhere along the years. So a lot of my previous really good writing just disappeared. But it was a really good challenge because you you were working with other writers and you got to read their content. You could comment. You could. Uh, we had one in particular that would come in and say, hey, you might want to look at this paragraph and do this, this, and this, you know, so it was a lot of good, like, interactive feedback with each other and with just random people that would look at the page. Um, The other thing that I do is my publisher uh, from the anthology puts out a uh, writer opportunity list, so he does a lot of research on, uh, he is also uh, blind, he has CP, and he is a gay man. So he has three uh, areas of opportunity in publishing. And so he has scouted all of these sources who are reputable publishers, you know, are they going to, are they going to not pay you? Are they going to, you know, that type of thing. So he's already pre-scanned all of the people that he puts on this list as good Um So he sends out a a digest. You can either get every single posting by itself, or you can get the whole digest and just skim through to what is good. Um, So I look at that on a daily basis and, you know, there might not be any for a whole week, but then there will be that one that's like, Ooh, I should do that one. Right. And it will tell you, okay, this one pays $25 or there's a publishing contest through this author, uh, magazine, or, you know, even European contests and grants and all, all kinds of things that are just great. Um, so that's, that's how I look at sources. Um, and then the second part of that is that if you want to submit something to a publication, I highly recommend that you read that publication, so that you know what they're looking for. Because, you know, it's a waste of their time and yours to send something that's not even at all what they're looking for.
0: Uh, Wendy and uh, Abby, do you have any suggest or anything else you'd like to add to that?
1: Okay, Wendy. Uh, Anyway, well, I would suggest that you subscribe to the Writer Magazine. Now, it is available on BARD. And in this, in each issue, they have market listings. So you can go through and find find the ones you you want that that might have stuff that, uh, it, and of course yeah, as uh, Heather said, it's always a good idea if you can to read the publication first to get an idea of what you would submit to. Uh, another magazine is Poets and Writers, and it used to be on Bookshare, but I haven't been able to find that there recently. It might just be. Ex- usually now on NFB Newsline. I don't know, which, and I don't get NFB Newsline here in Wyoming, so I don't know. But then I believe Bookshare does put out the writer's market every year, and that also has market listings as well. So, there are resources. You just have
3: to know where to look. So, what I was going to say is, you know, my writing in, you know prof- has really been linked to my professional career, except for these two books. I sort of did that on my own, but again, kind of educational self-help sort of things. Um, So I've done a lot of publishing of articles in various psychological journals, but I'm really interested in what both of those resources that Abby and Heather just mentioned. And I'd like to know, Heather, if you could, at the end, maybe give us the uh, listing for how we can get on that one list you mentioned. I will give you my email and then I can send you directly. Okay, that sounds great. And that might help me kind of get my little spark back too. It's been a while.
4: Well, hello. My name is Alan. I'm uh, from Edmonds, Washington. And um, uh, someone mentioned a few minutes ago uh, kind of how to get started. Uh, Now, I know that this uh, uh, presentation is involving published authors. uh, And I've My first job out of school was as a newspaper reporter. Um, And today, uh, since I retired from the University of Washington several years ago, uh, I very much enjoy writing, but I'm not trying to, I'm not a rich guy. But uh, uh, what I did, uh, and um, you could say I'm published, but I'm not paid for my writing, Um, I started sending uh, items to my local community newspaper, uh, which is called the Edmunds Beacon, um, and uh, the editor liked what I was sending, and uh, uh, so he asked me if I was if I uh, would like to write a column a couple times a month. That's it's right. not a big deal, but uh, uh, but a couple of the I guess the very first item that I ever sent him was something that I also shared with Newsline. And it was about my, I tried to make it a little bit humorous, but it was about my experiences of losing my vision. And um, uh, and so he kind of tried to, um, I felt like uh, was trying to cast me as um, kind of a one trick pony that I would Uh, write about uh, losing blindness, Uh, and I didn't want to do that, so I write about um, some, sometimes I write about my blind experiences, but other times uh, not at all, but uh, if there's anybody in this room that, uh, uh, that likes to write and would like to uh, uh, have their uh, material published, I suggest that a good place is to just start sending. Um, uh, again, the, the idea that somebody just mentioned about knowing uh, what your uh, the publication that you're sending to uh, uh, uses uh, it makes sense. Uh, but uh, I get a lot of satisfaction uh, from. Um, I belong to some community groups, and they say, "Oh, I saw your your piece on." Um, on uh, patience and kindness coming into focus. That was something that I wrote a while ago and shared in news newsline. And uh, I just want to say, and this seems to be a very appropriate audience for this, that I think that uh, 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 Reg and Heather uh, do a hell of a good job uh, with newsline. I'm I'm amazed.
2: Thank
4: you, Alan. I'm amazed all the time about the wonderful. In other words, I haven't been blind very long, but uh, but, you know, they say that when you lose something, sometimes you uh, gain something as well. And I wonder sometimes if uh, losing your sight helps you uh, become a better writer. I don't know (laughs) about that. But anyway, thanks for giving me this microphone and, yeah. I, and now I'll shut up.
0: You are a wanting to become a writer and can and want the feedback and want to experiment with ideas and concepts. The Newsline is a great place to start. Would you agree, Heather? All
3: right. I was going to say too, Mark that, you know, I think Alan brought up a really important point, which I think the other two authors would agree on here. And that is you're not going to get rich writing you know, we write because we have something we want to share, something we want to say, creativity, you know, it's, it's really rewarding to kind of put thoughts down on paper or on computer and share it with others. And especially when they find it enjoyable, useful, entertaining, whatever it's meant for. Um, And, you know, but I don't know that any of us here went into it with the illusion that we're going to get rich off of doing it. And so, you know, don't be afraid to just to give it away. My books right now are being given away, and I'm happy about that. I want people to be able to enjoy them. So,
5: hey, Abby, it's Cindy. Hi, Cindy. Hi. Um, when you finish your book, how easy is it to get it published, or
3: is it?
1: Well, actually, since I work with DLD books, it's not that hard because I'm i not, I don't go looking for traditional publishing. When I get it re- ready to go, I just email them and I send them that new manuscript and then I do have to wait because they may have projects ahead of me. And so, but then I'll just wait. And then when they're ready, they will contact me and we get to work on it. So that's basically how that goes.
3: It's okay, me. thank you.
1: You're welcome. I'm Tanya.
5: From Port Townsend, Washington. And um, I'm just curious about on the practical side, like what are some of your favorite tools to help you organize your writing or to actually do your writing?
0: Maybe each of you can answer that. Yeah,
5: sure. I mean, I've, I've written in the past
1: and I use Scrivener, but I don't know how well that works for people with vision impairment. Well, I use Microsoft Word. And uh, that seems to work pretty well. And I'm using Windows on a PC, and I have all my writing organized into folders fiction, nonfiction, poetry, all my blog posts going to a separate folder, all the, 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 the material for the page from my website going to another folder. So I just, it's very easy for me using Windows and Word to organize everything in folders.
0: And if we could expand on the concept of organizing in terms of how you would organize a piece of work in terms of structure, because oh. oh, okay. oftentimes I thought, oh, there's a sure. certain structure that writers and authors will follow.
1: Yeah. Uh, now, I am what's called a pantser, meaning I just kind of go by the seat of my pants when I write. <laughs> I, I have a, a basic idea of what uh, what the story is going to be about, how it's going to end, But as far and how it's going to start, but then the middle, I just kind of write as I go. So, but there are other authors who actually will outline and maybe one of the others here can talk about that. But that's basically how I do
2: it.
0: Wendy or Heather?
2: So you're going to laugh at me, all of you wonderful computer users. I do all of my writing on my iPhone with a, a Bluetooth keyboard. Oh. Um, I, hmm. I, I'm I, I'm sorry. I'm not a com- no, computer fan. About that's
3: um,
2: right? So that being said, I use a variety of different um, apps. Google Docs is probably the one that I use the most. They all have... Uh, glitches, uh, little things that are problems that if I would actually use a computer, <laughs> I probably would not be dealing with, but it's what I'm comfortable with. So uh, yeah, so I use Google Docs a lot. Sometimes I'll use Text Editor. I, I've tried Word and it just does not work very well for me on the phone with my keyboard. So those are the uh, apps that I use the most. Um, I store the important things in my actual files on the phone um, and on the iCloud. And that's about it. I, I also go by the seat of my pants. <laughs>
0: <laughs> I see it on iPad in your future.
3: No, <laughs> I have one. I haven't used it.
0: Wendy, <laughs> yeah. right. any uh, ideas?
3: Yeah. So, you know, keep in mind, um, if we're talking about my two published books, you know, the first one that was 24 years ago, so that was before my Braille note takers. Um, and then the last one, you know, I, I've always really been a very heavy computer user and a heavy Braille user. And so I do a lot, um, you know, depending upon what word processing program I'm using. I really loved Word Perfect, and I miss that. Um, but I do most of my writing now on Word, although, you know, I'm I I'm not publishing this obviously what I'm doing to these days because it's confidential private patient information but I write a lot for my sessions in my notes and that's all on my braille sense and I have different password protected files for each client um, and I do an awful lot of writing there and I I've never been one to be able to dictate um that used to get me in trouble at work at the VA because he, my boss thought I could be A lot faster if I dictated, but truthfully, I'm a very fast typist and I think with my fingers. So I really think when I'm typing and I think when I'm brailing, but I don't think as well when I'm talking. Hopefully, that's not showing up today.
0: (laughs) (laughs) If I could just add a little caveat here is that that oftentimes the type of work that is being done requires a certain different strategy or outline. So if you're doing something really serious and that's sort of a research paper or something that deals with, and, and Wendy, like some of yours seem to have probably uh, methods of doing things, mm-hmm. that, that probably requires more structure so that it actually makes sense to the reader.
2: Absolutely. And
0: yeah. if you're writing fantasy or romance novels or something, you probably have a lot looser road to work with there. But then most authors always have a start. Mm-hmm. and then a middle or a problem, a solution, and another piece, and then the end or something. So a lot of authors will come up with just as simple. That's one of the things that improv storytellers use. And so, uh, and so they have a kind of a form in their head in terms of, do I have the middle part of the story? Is the problem then created or whatever? So, so any other questions, audience?
5: I have two questions. One's a general question and one's for the, uh the author who was just talking about writing confidential information. Um, My question to the author talking about writing confidential information. um, I'm actually applying for a job where I'll have to do the same thing for, um, for clients. I'm a certified peer counselor in the state of Washington. Mm -hmm. And um, I'm wondering um, if there's a, If there's a way we could get together, like on Zoom or on the phone and discuss how to write confidential, you know, how to chart certain things, because, you know, I'd like to be able to know how to do that before I apply. I've got a place I'm actually going to apply to, Mm -hmm. but I'll be working from home and I want to be able to, you know, keep things confidential. I'm actually working on a, a desktop computer with Windows and all that yada yada. I'm not. Very I would this. be
3: happy to talk to you because, yeah, you'll have to abide by HIPAA regulations, which is exactly. not easy. HIPAA and accessibility don't necessarily go hand in hand, and I've had to do a lot of work with that. Um, so, well, I'd I've be seen, happy to share with you what I've learned. I've now. seen HIPAA violated, and
5: I understand how serious that is. And mm-hmm. I, I would, I would, um, I, I mean to be safe, I would save everything in a thumb drive or something like that and just delete it off my computer.
3: That actually wouldn't do it for you. But oh, I'd be happy
5: I? to. Yeah.
0: yeah,
3: I'd be happy. Hey, did, to you have a, did, you, you.
0: did you have a second question? Yeah. Uh-huh.
1: What is the difference between an autobiography and a memoir? I have re- I have written a memoir. So if you don't mind, I'll answer that one. This is Abby. And um okay, Abby. a memoir is You're not, it's not, you're not, you're not necessarily writing your whole life story. You are writing about some point in your pivotal point in your life. Like, for example, my ideal partner, how I met, married and cared for the man I loved despite debilitating odds is about how I met and married my late husband, Bill, and then took care of him at home for six years after he suffered two strokes that paralyzed his left side so that's what a memoir is an autobiography is more of a life story i was born you know i was born or she was born and, and from birth to death or if it's your own then birth until a certain point so that's auto. I hope i hope that makes things clear for you actually that helps because
5: i think i do want to write a memoir because i right. want to write about discovering right. what what eye condition i had because i'm not even supposed to have it so oh, okay. Okay. Well, yeah have- well that
1: would be an interesting memoir sure
0: have, have fun with that. I mean, it's uh, yeah, well. still a challenge. And remember, you need to outline it, maybe or something too. Oh well, this is Reg, and I
5: would just like to out the uh, facilitator here. Uh, Mr. Adrian is uh, quite the writer himself, and uh, <laughs> back in our anniversary issue, he had written a piece that still kind of haunts me because he he was talking about, you know, it was fiftieth anniversary of the newsline and and what blind people might expect the world to be like in the future if things work out the way that they're supposed to like 50 or 70 years from now and uh it, it was a wonderful imagining and and uh you know doesn't necessarily have to make sense but you have to to really be able to set yourself free uh to to explore those things and I guess that's kind of more of a comment but It was a great piece. Thank you.
0: Well, thank you, Reg. I love doing that article, by the way. My pen name is uh, Happy Warrior, by the way.
3: (laughs) (laughs) And his
2: column is called The Chronicles of a Happy Warrior.
3: (laughs) Mark, this is Wendy. Could I add one thing in terms of um, where people might also look if they want to start exploring different kinds of writing?
0: Sure.
3: Um, I ha- I was actually signed up to take a class. There's a if you live in the Seattle area, there's a uh, program called the Kindle School. And I think it's mostly held through the University of Washington, but it's not a University of Washington course, per se. Um, but I was really impressed with them because they have all kinds of screenwriting. Um, You know, different how to write a script, how to write all these different things, and I actually was was thinking of taking one of their classes before the pandemic, and then the pandemic hit, so I never did. Maybe we'll revisit it at some point. But they also used different tools, um, and that sort of sparked that memory for me. They had there are different types of platforms. So if you want to write a screenplay, say, or if you want to write a play, or if you want to write a novel, there are different tools that. that if you wish, you know, you could take advantage of that does help you build in that kind of structure.
0: But, which is awesome and there actually are a number of, of uh, community colleges that offer the same kind mm-hmm. of short-term uh exploration uh classes and if you're going to use multiple different tools that are going to be recommended you really need to check and make sure they're accessible or it would just cause you a lot of pain in the head
3: yeah i was just in that process when the pandemic yeah. hit so i didn't quite complete that yeah but that's yeah. true i'm not sure that it would have been
4: yeah and- so this is Doreen. Um, I have one general question and one question for Heather. And the question for Heather is what's the hardest thing about editing the newsline? Do you all read blogs? What makes a good blog entry? Because I do three blogs and um, one of them is really specific and the other two wander all over. Um, although I'm trying to keep them, trying to keep them better in line than they do. And more consistently edited, but that's kind of variable too. So I'm just curious what other people's experience with blogs is. And then
2: I love editing, but it is a lot of work because you have to learn different people's, people that submit on a regular basis, you start to learn the things that that person does, you know? So once you get Used to a certain person's writing, you, it goes a lot faster because, you know, oh, this person is going to do blah, 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 you know. But um, I think the hardest part is when you find content that, even though it may have been in there with the best of intent uh, from that author, it doesn't fit with the publication. So then you have to have a conversation and say, you know, we actually can't publish this because of this, this, and this, uh, which is never fun. Um, but you have to keep in mind, again, the publication that you're writing for and the audience that you're writing to. So, you know, as editors, we have a variety of different topics that fall into those categories. And that's never a fun part, but we, we try to make it the best newsline that we can and, and appeal to the biggest audience that we can. So we do have to keep those things in mind. Um, but it's a wonderful um, process to edit people's writing that have a story to say, especially, but maybe don't feel like they're the best writers. So we can get their story out there and help them with the tedious process.
0: And would you would uh, Wendy or uh, Abby uh, uh, want to comment on the blog conversation in terms yes. of what, what uh, yeah, makes a I, good
4: blog?
1: Yes, um, I have. I actually do have a blog, and um, and I think the important the important thing to uh, about blogging is to be consistent. I blog five days a week, and each day I have a different feature. On Monday, it's usually, I call it Monday Music, and I'm usually doing Open Book Blog Hop, which is another feature, another blogger, where the person asks the question, and you answer the question, and you link to that other person's blog. And then Tuesday, I do what's called Tuesday Tidbit. I'll sometimes do a prompt from Writing Works Wonders, or I maybe will will include one of my poems that was published recently. Wednesday, I call Wednesday Words, and that's either a poem or something else that I want to write. And then Thursday, I, I publish, I do something called a six-sentence thir- story Thursday link up. And this is another blog hop where the blogger, uh, gives you a word and you write a six-sentence story, a poem, or essay using that word at least once and put that on your blog and then link to the other person's op. And then Friday is what I do, is called a fantastic Friday read. It's a book your book reviews. So that's when I usually publish book reviews. So it's important to be consistent when blogging. And, and that way your readers will know when to, when you'll be blogging. And, and also it's important to when you do blog to, to you know keep an eye out for comments. And you can subscribe to get them by email and then you can respond to them. So those are two important uh, blogging tips are just to be consistent and be mindful of comments and respond.
3: I have a kind of a very different take on it because I'm still working professionally as a psychologist. And so I limit the number, the amount of personal information that I put out on the Internet about myself. So I'm not on Facebook And, um, you know, I don't want um, my clients looking me up and finding out um, my extracurricular activities necessarily. I mean, I think it's for me, I've made that choice to kind of draw a fine line and a boundary there. Um, And I also spend a lot of time at the computer doing work. So I'm not interested in doing things like blogging and stuff like that. I really just am not interested in it. So. Um, I don't do that. And I I know my editor, when I was doing the travel book, she really wanted me to be posting a lot of things about travel and this and that, whatever. And I, you know, really explained to her that the book wasn't a travel log of mine. It was really to help people figure out how to travel independently when they can't see and don't have sighted help. So, um, so my, my Frame is a little different. And maybe when I stop working professionally, I don't know when that will be because I love it. You know, I might see differently about that, but I don't do social media and that sort of thing.
0: What is it you want the reader to get from what you're doing? When you're writing, do you, what is it you want? Do you want them to be educated, feel emotion, want change, look for something, investigate themselves, what? I mean, what is your goal when you write and the reader now it is going to respond?
2: So I'll start with that one. Uh, when I write, I try to write as a human first, not as a blind person first. And that way, I feel like but I, I just try to really touch the, the humanity of people versus
3: the disability. Uh, Wendy? I really write, I, I want to empower people. Um, I want to educate. Pe- I think that um, knowledge is power. And I want people to know that things, there are ways to work things out and that sometimes things can feel really scary and often when we learn more about those things, um, it can take a lot of the fear out of those things and make them a lot more reasonable and accessible for us. And so, you know, in the Safe Without Sight book, I wanted to help people learn to use a lot of the tools they already have within themselves, their intuition, um, their awareness, and then how to implement other strategies just to you know, in the process of staying safe. And then I and, and trusting themselves to do that. And in the travel book, you know, I just was so amazed at how many blind people just approached me and just said, I don't know how you do it, you know, and it's like, let me tell you how I do it, and you can do it too. And I think travel is such an important part of life. I've learned so much about myself. And I value so much of the lessons I've learned from other people. It's opened up my mind in many, many ways. And I feel that if that's a gift I can help other people do for themselves, that's that's the reward, all the reward I need in my writing.
0: Hey, thanks. And uh, Abby?
3: Um, I
1: write to entertain and inspire. And in the case of my memoir, My Ideal Partner, I put that out there to uh, reach other caregivers, to let them know that they are not alone. Uh, Because caring for a loved one can be stressful. And so they, you know, caregivers need to know that, you know, they're not the only ones trying to do this and that there is help and support out there.
0: Awesome. Can we give this panelist an awesome hand?
3: (laughs) (laughs) Thank you. Thanks.
0: uh, What what we decided to do, if you want to be in contact with any of the panelists, uh, use the WCB listserv and they'll respond with email there. Thank you all.
1: Thank you. Thank you. Thank you for having me.